That's okay. I mean, it's, uh, it's a situation that was... Uh. <laughs> Pre-season trucks on, it's more pre-season. They tell us it's competitive, but is it? Is it Robert Borthwick? I mean, we're getting points for it, so it's like a fun pre-season. <laughs> it's a pre-season with prizes! Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, the Nations League, but for clubs. <laughs> Huzzah! Yay! Now, uh, there is obviously a huge development in the game that we just sat through. Uh, sat through is the only <laughs> way to describe the way we experience that. Yeah. Uh, against Wraith Rovers, but... Um, before we get to the glorious pudding of uh, Craig Whiten, we, we do have to eat our greens. So Hearts also played in a game against Cowdenbeath at the weekend. Uh, How did you enjoy the full 90 minutes that we both definitely watched all of? Craig Halkett scored a goal that made him look really cool and Jamie Walker missed a penalty. Do you have anything to add to that, Robert? Uh, no. Apparently it's really cold there. Makes sense. Quite close to the coast. Yeah, it's really windy and methyl. 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 Um, other than that, nope. No, no. Um, uh, that game performance and certainly the lineup that uh, Robbie Nielsen selected for tonight gave the strong, clear, forceful indication that Hart Midlothian FC do not give a shiny fuck about this competition. <laughs> not not a rattling fuck to be given uh, by Robin Nielsen. And a lot like the first time round when we were in the Championship, he did not care about the trophies at all. In fact, actively showed disdain <laughs> towards hey, the look, trophies. Um, look, he, he, the, uh, the League Cup was a, a beloved number one son compared to how he treated the Challenge Cup last time. Out. <laughs> Lee Hollis. Lee Hollis. Among others. Uh, Liam Gordon playing left back. Liam Gordon, Slimson. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Robbie Buchanan. Uh, oh, Lawrence. What was his name? The the big gangly midfielder. <laughs> no, not Lawrence. There was a big gangly midfielder who uh, just looked absolutely lost. Cannot ah, remember his name. Henderson. Was it Henderson? Liam Henderson. That's it. Yes. 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 The other Liam Henderson, which is when <laughs> Hibbs came up with the Liam Henderson, I was like, "You sure, lads?" Yeah, and there's there's plenty of them. There's plenty of Liam Hendersons to go around. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, but well, could you give me an accurate impression of how Robbie Nielsen reacted uh, this season when he was asked by the press how he felt about the Challenge Cup being scrapped? He actually laughed. <laughs> was it was it a chuckle? It was like a chuckle. He was like, all right. <laughs> it's just less games for the reserves to play. Um, yeah, he, he couldn't care less about that. And then tonight, it's quite obvious that with the Dundee game coming up on Friday, um, he didn't care enough about this game but then we went on and put in our best performance of the of the competition yeah so you know how curious and um, oddly because I think Wraith gave us the best game that we've had so far this season by relinquishing most of their midfield it was very nice of them to yes. give us <laughs> all of the ball in the first half and not really work to get it back that was really charitable of them they're they're they're, they're, they're fun lads yeah second half Wraith were definitely improved mm. Yeah, well, that's that's more what I was referring to. I think they they certainly 
created more than uh, Inverness did, and uh, yeah. as we both know, Cowdenbeath did. As we are both very, very aware that Cowdenbeath did in that game that we watched. Yeah, I mean, I watched. I mean, don't come at me and say, oh, you didn't watch that game, because mm. I'll tell you. you. You will insist. I will. I watched all of it, and Cowdenbeath uh, had a full complement of players on the pitch for the 90 minutes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, tonight, I think Grace Rovers definitely, yeah. I mean, uh, Manny Duku scored a, a wonderful goal, but other than that, they they had some decent performances in the second half. First half, they, they didn't lay a glove on Hearts. Um, they didn't they didn't hold the ball for any amount of time. But a lot of that is down to the really hard work of our midfield, uh, who I thought did really well considering their respective ages. They certainly did. But let's well let, let's get to the the cold hard facts of the game. First of all, uh, I, this might be what knocked the wind squarely out of the Wraith sails that uh, they'd rigged up. I don't know, that's what you do with sails, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they, they'd spliced the main brace, they were they were ready to go, but then the wind was gone because of the blatant handball from Benedictus. Yeah, I, really, I really enjoyed the way you said Benedictus there, that was one. Benedictus! Um, <laughs> Look, it's a it's it's a strong name. It's a strong. It's the name. <laughs> it's never sounded less strong than when you just said it. <laughs> Benedictus. <laughs> uh, um, it's it's the name of uh, a heavyweight boxing champion. Yeah. Aye. Yeah. Sorry. And in the red corner, Carl Benedictus. He's someone that uh, Rocky's big competitor has killed. Uh, <laughs> earlier on in the film it's the name of a murder victim yeah exactly Kyle Benedictus um, I think so it was kind of it was weird because the TV coverage was fairly hamstrung by the fact that the only sort of close in camera that they had was at the wrong end of the pitch mm. which meant that all we saw was a sort of long lens uh, angle or the real time angle whereby the view is obstructed by the other people in the wall so you couldn't really see it anyway but I think there's just enough when you see the slow-mo his arm goes out to the side, it doesn't go above his head, goes out to the side and it looks like it kind of hits off his forearm, which is why it bounces in such a weird direction back across goal. The trajectory um, of the ball certainly doesn't look like it's heading towards his body anyway. It looks like it's heading to to the side of his body, which is where his arm is. Yeah, and you know, Benedictus was um, very sure of the fact that it didn't hit his arm. Um, but all we can say in this instance is the referee had a perfect view of it. He had a much better view than TV cameras could find. So... You've got to say... I would suggest, possibly, I've not looked at the laws recently, but it might be worth giving a penalty just for being such a big shite bag and turning your back on the ball <laughs> when you're a centre-half anyway. In the first minute of the game as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. When absolutely. your name's Kyle Benedictus. Yeah, yeah. Have a little self-recocking spec. That's it. Disgrace. Uh, but then, Craig Whiten stepped up and we went, oh. Yeah, it was more of an excited whoa for me. Oh, yeah? I was like, oh. A frisson. Not like a whoa. Like a whoa. Whoa! Yeah, exactly. A whoa, body form. It was excitement immediately, because I was like, this could be it. The floodgates are about to open. This and is the one in off his arse that he needed. Boy, was I right. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I like a really um, assured penalty from White in. He scored one in pre-season, I'm sure, as well. Um, I quite liked after the game uh, his, his quite honest assessment that I'm a striker, I should score every penalty I take. Um, and he, he very much did so it was yeah really nicely placed again I think it was exactly what he put in pre-season uh, he obviously has a, a spot that he likes to pick uh, to his right the goalkeeper's left right in the bottom corner and yeah I mean you could see the release 
on his face when he scored it, when it went into the back of the net and he just did a really sort of tensed up yes um huge i'll be moment. honest i didn't see it because i try not to look at craig whiten's face <laughs> you did yeah you try really hard not to yeah um, I, I do my best and every so often it turns up right there on the screen i'm like oh oh mm. there it is yeah there it is all of it but it was um, contorted in delight because he had put hearts one nil up with a very well taken penalty and from that point the game meandered yeah, it did. It did meander with Hearts having, I mean, when I say the bulk of the possession, like 90% probably of the possession mm. that first half, um, you know, it was kept very well at the back with the, the back three, Kingsley, Haring and Brandon. Uh, passing the back three that we would all have picked out before this <laughs> afternoon, that's the back three we said Definitely with, that's happening. With not one centre half among them, uh, yeah. Haring's a midfielder, man. Come on, yeah, he is. He was signed as a centre half. He's never played there. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. He's a centre mid, uh, and then the two fullbacks. Obviously, Kingsley um, is has played there in the past. He played there for Falkirk um, a few years ago. But no, they were very assured in possession. Um, the midfield too. I, I think we should speak uh, way more about. I thought Scott McGill, uh, eighteen years old, Harry Cocker, nineteen years old. Coming up against uh, midfielders like Hendry and Davidson and guys like that, they absolutely bossed it. Um, the way that they pressed the ball was really, really encouraging. Um, they, they worked ever so hard to get it back. And then when they had it, they were quite assured in possession as well. Uh, some really nice passing. Playing it safe quite a lot of the time. Mm. Um, playing for the possession that a 1-0 lead kind of allows you to have. Um, but no, I thought the two of them were, were excellent. And you know, we, we've been crying out for Cochrane to come back in and, and show us what he showed us three years ago and hopefully he can push on and do that now he had a lot of injury issues because he, he grew quite rapidly at the age of 16 which meant his calves his thighs were under a lot of pressure he was still training full time um, didn't help his cause but he's come back in and yeah he, he looked he looked really assured so that was that was great to see I think uh, what was interesting for me is that uh, McGill stood out by not standing out he was just very very tidy um did the right things with the ball. Now, Cochrane had the uh, more spectacular moments, his ball over the top into the right channel for Moore to chase down, which uh, nearly led to something nice, but it landed to Lewis Moore, so it, it didn't. I'm not going to blame Lewis Moore for that at all. He, his pullback was wonderful, but Elliot Freer was sort of doing a light jog uh, into the box and absolutely not supporting play. If he'd, if Freer had sprinted into the middle, if he'd had more of a sort of striker's instinct in that moment, he probably would have got to the, the cutback. It was, a, it, was a nice, it was a nice cutback from Moore, um, and we won a corner out of it as well. So, yeah, I, I, I will... I, no. Okay, fair. But the, the, the general point was is that uh, Cochrane maybe did more spectacular things, but McGill, just, just a good continuity player. I enjoyed it. Absolutely, absolutely. And they both won tackles as well, which is nice to see mm-hmm. from young midfielders who are, are maybe more known for their ball-playing um, ability. Cochrane won a, a couple of really nice 50-50s. Uh, McGill was just picking the pockets of quite a lot of Rovers players as well so no I mean both of them did themselves no harm whatsoever um, shows the, the depth we've got there that was a championship team we were playing mm-hmm. uh, and they went into that and, and dominated it for the, the 45 minutes so yeah Great stuff and then uh, a second goal came which we were all uh, fully within the run of play we were absolutely expecting it to happen uh, another uh, interesting decision from uh, champion of the world Kyle Benedictus yes um, yeah the the late Kyle Benedictus <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah he well he certainly was when he made this challenge eh? uh, <laughs> yeah yeah what I see <laughs> yeah uh-huh. so he uh, trembled 
um, under the thunderous steps of Craig White and closing him down, uh, slipped on his prick. And then as he was sort of, you could see it as, as he was trying to get back up, but he knew that Whiting was running over the top of him. He knew the ball was bouncing there for Whiting. I mean, Whiting was the dead favourite to get that when it had, uh, when it slipped, slipped through his grasp. Uh, and he just throws a hand up. Um, it, I don't think he even grabs a, a hold of Whiting. He just throws a hand up. No, it was a defensive technique that you can see uh, outside the forecourt of any used car salesman from like those uh, big tubey guys. That the, wacky, the, the wacky inflatable tube men. Yeah, yeah. Just got it going. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. And uh, Craig Whiting was, was not having that at all. Um, yeah, he... It was it was definitely a foul. I think the question mark is whether it was in the box or not. I think the contact of Benedictus's arm is maybe right on the line if you're being charitable. Mm. Uh, but I think you know at, at first glance, uh, first glance. Yes, that's correct. First at first glance, um, I wasn't sure it was a foul on the slightest because I couldn't really see his arm. Uh, but mm. fair play to the referee for seeing that um, and and giving it as I say maybe a slight question mark over whether it's a free kick or not. I think it really should have been a second yellow for Benedictus who had been booked for the first penalty. Um, but you know, it, it was it was definitely a foul. Yeah, it was definitely a thing that happened in the game of football <laughs> that I'm trying really hard to explain. Uh, yeah, penalty. no, I think you've covered it. Yes, it was a penalty, and Craig Whiten stepped up, uh, slotted it in much the same way as he did uh, the previous one. Um, on on first glance, I must admit I thought it looked a little uh, more rickety just because uh, Jamie McDonald guessed the right way this time, and it looked like he was maybe. <laughs> this might be just my impressions of Craig White, but it was like so close to the post. I thought, oh, he's nearly missed that. But you know, if it's a better player, if it's like a Leo Messi just clipping it inside the the post, go, he definitely meant that. Uh, well, but, I mean, I, mean I, th- I I think Craig White absolutely did mean it. Yeah. In, in the end, but like I'm just talking about my um my, my thoughts as I watched it happen. Like you you know like. Uh, it's not necessarily what's actually happening. It's me looking at Craig White and doing the thing and saying, does he mean that? After seeing his first penalty, I would say he's very much meaning it. Yeah. It was a great penalty. The second one especially. The first one was good. I think even if McDonald dies for the first one, it's probably the same story. Um, but he gets power and accuracy on it. And again, you know, that seems to be his favourite part of the goal. If we get another penalty, you might have to change it up now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, I, the, the, uh, doing these on uh, on televised games might not be the best idea for him. Yes, yes. Uh, but no, it was a, it was a, a great strike, great penalty. Um, and no less than we really deserved in that first half. You know, Rovers did have like a five-minute spell where they were getting in between the lines, maybe getting behind Miguel and Cochrane and, and trying to make things happen with uh, Dooku, um, among others. But no, I, I think Hearts were dominant in that first half. And to go in 2 nil up, even if it is two penalties, uh, was probably deserved. Absolutely. And speaking of Dooku, he provided the first moment of note in the second half. What a ping. Absolutely outrageous. So it's, it's one of these ones where I feel like there's not actually much for us to uh, analyse from a Hearts point of view because Hearts didn't really do much wrong in the defending of that goal. It was a really nice move down the left-hand side. Um, it came to Hendry in the end and he sort of stepped inside Brandon and then played it uh, really nicely in behind Haring, I think it was, who was covering over. Um, and Duku, I'm not convinced he meant to put it exactly there. Um, he's, he's sort of thrown a, a left leg at it, but I mean, what a result. It's some... Some finish, I think, maybe being slightly harsh. I think Ross Stewart's positioning could have been a wee bit better. Um, he's very much central in his six-yard box, and I think with the angle that Duku was at, the possibility of a near-post shot was always there. Um, he didn't really slide over in time, but it's, it's a great finish. It's a great goal. Yeah, I mean, it's right in the top, Ben. I think even if he'd been positioned perfectly, Stewart would have been struggling to save it. 
No, I think if his position personally, he touches it over quite easily. You do? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's hit with a fair amount of venom and, and early. You know, it's a, it's a difficult one for the goalkeeper. Sure. Sure. But it did go in, and that made it 2-1. And, uh, well, uh, a lesser teams might have trembled at that thought. the thought of Rafe Rovers closing in on you. <laughs> and when they made the, the big substitutions, like Lewis Vaughan and uh, Grant Anderson and stuff, I was like, oh, here we go. See, read this book before, I thought. Mm. Uh, but no, um, ultimately, Hearts did sort of wrangle back possession. Uh, Rovers did have a good wee spell where you could see that they were really picked up um, by the goal. Their intensity improved, their passing improved, uh, they started holding the ball higher up the pitch. And then Manny Duku's groin went and that kind of destroyed Rovers' hopes a wee bit because um, he was holding the ball up really well uh, and, and Lincoln played well as well. So when he went off, it was... It was Pretty good thing for Hearts. Yes, and... Uh, I hope he's all right. He seems great. I really like Manny Duku. He, he seems good. Yeah. <laughs> I think he might top out as championship-level striker, but at that level, he's going to be great value. Ah, oh, 100%. Either that or he's got, like, Aki's written all over him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He scored a goal. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't think they'd like that down there. Ah, but um, what, what came next was uh, the game being put to bed... Uh, by Craig Whiten, uh strangely, as he'd uh, built his reputation as a goal scorer on his penalties, uh, suddenly <laughs> doing it by being uh, released by a decent ball over the top and uh, showing a clean pair of heels. It's not even a decent ball over the top. He picks the ball up in Hart's half. Oh, that's right. He, he does. He picks yeah. it up in Hart's half, and that, you know, to be fair, he's got two, two or three defenders chasing him back, and he's only got <laughs> the deceased <laughs> in front of him. So, um, yeah, it's, it just. You know, at the 80-whatever-th minute of the game, uh, to show that amount of energy and drive, um, and then the skill and the class of the touch to get past Benedictus as well, and then the composure to put it away. It's a fantastic goal. I mean, we laughed hysterically when it went in because we couldn't quite believe what we'd just seen. Um, I'll I'll continue to laugh every time I see that goal, but um, that was brilliant. And, you know... (sighs) A, a sad old trope is if you work hard then the goals will come and Whiten did not stop running all night mm. he was tireless um, which we've kind of seen from him uh, in, the, in the sort of games that we've seen so far in the Betfair Cup he usually gets subbed off because we've got the likes of Naismith or, or whoever uh, in reserve but no he was he was, he was great tonight um, he, he didn't stop working his, he didn't really get all that much service in the second half a um, couple of times when he could have been released by the likes of Cochrane uh, and Freer and latterly Robertson Ginelli as well when he, he sort of had that, that distance between him and the centre half and he wasn't getting the ball and then he just decided do you know what I'll just do it myself uh, and then he did and it was wonderful I mean I think and I believe me I do not want to do this but I think we have to give some credit to yourself uh, who I, I believe you mentioned it last week on the podcast but you certainly mentioned it in play today while we were watching the game that this is actually uh, displaying what you feel is Craig Whiten's strengths as a footballer. 100%. Craig Whiten, and you've seen it You've seen it even when he was playing really poorly under Levine. When he squares a man up one-on-one, he'll go past him. Mm-hmm. He's got the close control and that little touch, that little bit of skill to nutmeg a guy or to, to turn back inside him. And you, you even saw it in, in the game before his goal uh, in the first half. He was right tight down by the corner flag and somehow, I don't know how... Megged his man and got around the other side, won a corner. He did exactly the same against Inverness uh, in pre-season against Partick Thistle. He did it again. So yeah, that that is that is where he's at his best. I think you know, speaking to uh, my good friend Gary Cocker, who's a big Dundee fan, huge Craig Whiten fan generally because Craig Whiten relegated Dundee United at Dens. Um, he always said like 
he's always had the ability. He's never had the build for a start, and he's now got that. He's boy, does he have that? But he's also never had a consistent position. He's never been played in the same place and given a run at it. And I think that you know Dick Campbell and Arbroath gave him that opportunity at the tail end of last season, playing him as the centre forward in their team. Robbie Nielsen's come in and from minute one said, "You're a centre forward. You're not playing anywhere else." That is your position, and I think that's going to get the best out of him because now we can just focus on what what he should be doing week in week out, which is at least threatening to score goals, um, and then the goals will come naturally after that. And he's certainly done that since he's come back in pre season and in the Betfred Cup games. I'm absolutely delighted for him because he's definitely got ability. He could just never string it together before now. Um, it is only Wraith Rovers, uh, but the confidence that he'll get from scoring a hat trick including a great goal that wasn't a penalty at the end of it, scoring from open play, um, is absolutely massive. And, you know, he will be second choice to Liam Boyce. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But we now have, or seem to have, a second choice striker who we know can come in and at least affect games. You know, even if that's setting up the guys like Naismith or Walker, Janelli, whoever, we know that we've got someone who can play centre forward and do it with a certain degree of skill. Yeah, I mean, my, my only concern would be that uh, he would appear to if if we are to play him as a centre forward not that we're going to be relying on him but if that is his position then um, it looks like in order for him to get goals the passes into him are going to have to be very specific they're, they're going to have to be uh, low diagonals from the wings or perfectly flighted balls from midfield or, or perhaps not that perfectly flighted as we saw from, from the one that led to the third goal today but he despite having that touch and that um, command of beating a man, he can't really do it with his back to goal, with, with his, his back to the to the um, uh, defender and holding it up. He won't. So he's going to have... It's going, now, this may well take time. This is still, despite our greatly extended pre-season, uh, a team that are getting to know each other. So, so that may well come. Yeah. But it does lead me on to probably the only real negative point from the game today, which was the performance of the wingers. Now, granted, they weren't the the first first choice wingers, but uh, Henderson, Moore, and Freer, who was playing centrally, didn't really do it. No, not not really. Um, you know, Lewis Moore had he, sh- he was able to show his pace a couple of times. You know, that ball from Cochrane over the top. As I say, the the cutback from Moore was actually really good. It's about as well as he could have done uh, from the position he was at, and it was as I say down to Freer that he he didn't get there. Ewan Henderson had a really good chance uh, at the end of the first half. Really similar to his chance against Cali Thistle, um, and it's just it's a shame you'd, you'd never really have full confidence that he's going to slot it away when he gets into that position. And again, he beat the goalkeeper this time, uh, but the the defender covered and, and cleared it away. Other than that, neither of them really offered anything uh, going forward. A lot of our work, to be fair, did go through centrally uh, with the likes of Cochran and, and McGill sort of finding Craig White into feet, but. You know, you, you mentioned about White and not being able to do it back to goal. He can still hold it up. He's not going to change games with his back to goal, but he needs the players around about him that will basically aid and assist him in doing that. Um, he's a bit of a Stephen McLean when he's back to goal. You know, he'll hold it and he'll just stand there and wait. He's got the build now, mm-hmm. but he had absolutely no one supporting him. Um, so it's a shame because, you know, under Stendhal, uh, Henderson and Moore certainly did come onto a game, uh, which is why they which is why they got their new contracts. They could work the system that Stendhal played, which was they high had intensity. Such, such specific roles within the Stendhal played just to stay high and wide. Like it, you, They didn't even necessarily get involved in play all that much. It was just to keep the defence honest, to be aware that there were men in those positions. 100%. And I, I think with Ewan Henderson, you've got someone who can play football as well. He's got a low centre of gravity. He can go past players. 
Uh, it just didn't really happen for him today. Uh, I'm not sure if playing off the left is his best position. I think you know, playing centrally uh, maybe suits him a lot better, but he's not going to get a sniff at playing centrally in that Hearts team. Um, and then we saw you know, that the, the changes came uh, with Roberts coming on first and foremost, which pushed uh, Elliot Fear out to wide left. Mm-hmm. He put in one fantastic delivery, uh, which is really his bread and butter. That's what he's known for is... Mm-hmm one step past the man and then in the same movement swinging a ball into the middle it was a great ball and I think you know if you had a more of a target man in the middle rather than Jordan Roberts and it might have actually come to something it really was a great ball in otherwise Freer playing centrally wasn't very good you know he just wasn't very good he wasn't finding passes he wasn't getting any real penetration past the defenders he was just kind of a body uh, but that's very much not his position so we should caveat with that um, and then Roberts Roberts is really negative for a winger Mm-hmm. You see when he's played through the middle before he, he really works hard and he, he presses the back line and he tries to get in behind when he plays on the left he's he's up one on one against the right back and he just never looks even remotely like he's going to try and take it past him he always looks inside or he looks backwards and I find that it's so weird it's sort of the exact opposite of Josh Ginelli Ginelli you know he gets the ball he sees a chance he runs mm-hmm. he goes he's absolutely he's going past his man they're certainly going to certainly going to try Roberts just, uh, he slows the game down a wee bit when he was out wide. Or certainly, you know, that's the impression I got from today's game uh, when he was pushed out there. So, yeah, that was that was a bit of a weird one. I don't know if that was just game management at that time. But it would have been nice to see him at least try to get past his man. Because we know he's got pace. And we know he can deliver a ball. So it's it's getting him in the position to do that. There's a devil, devil's advocate argument to be made that um, there is a... a a time and a place in game situations for players that won't try to do things that they know they can't, which is possibly, possibly what uh, Roberts was doing there. But we'll, we'll see as the season develops whether that's just him being aware of the game situation or whether he is just bag. not going... Well, yeah. yeah let's, a great big shite bag. Well, a Benedictus. Yeah. <laughs> let's call a spade a spade. Let's do it. Um, now, to continue this roller coaster of analysis of this game, going back up into the positive, let's yeah. turn our attentions to the defence. Where's it going next? Wow. It's going to Peter Haring playing 90 minutes? Yeah. He looks really slow now. He does not look confident that his body's going to pull off the things that he wants them to do. But not he's quite yet. Still, he's still, apart from one uh, fairly quick pass to him, was it from Stuart? When we yes. were playing out from the back, yes. and he, he kind of got caught a little bit by his man. I mean, he didn't look uncomfortable for this level. No, no, he didn't. And I, I think it's very well documented that, you know, Nielsen and Haring himself have said they w- he won't reach full, fi- full fitness until about Christmas. Mm. That's when he should be, you know, all the minutes in the belt, all the training um, that will allow him to, to really be the, the Peter Haring that we know and love. And it's great to see him play 90 minutes and come through unscathed. Um, he said himself he was fucking knackered at the end of it which is kind of understandable mm-hmm. um, but no it's great to see him back and he he wasn't really troubled all that much by uh, Wraith Rovers in all honesty I think Lewis Bond gave him a couple of, couple of issues when he came on um, just because he's a good player he's got good feet and he was up against a very tired previously very injured Austrian man so you know that that aside it was great to see him but the star of the back line was Kingsley Absolutely. Looked uh, looked very calm and assured, uh, both uh, left-sided centre-back and left-back. And uh, if we can keep a hold of him, uh, looks like a player that will easily make the step up to the Premiership next season. Oh, I, I don't think that's in doubt in the slightest. I think, you know, seeing what he was like at, at Falkirk and then also, also, you know, going down 
um, playing in Championship and Premiership with Swansea uh, Championship time for for Hull City as well. He's a he's a Scottish Premiership standard player. I think we kind of knew that before he signed, but actually seeing him slot into the team as first start for us and just absolutely <laughs> flawless. Really, he did nothing wrong in that game. Uh, I think he was our, our best player. Having said that, Craig Whiten did score a hat trick. But yes, yes, Kingsley yeah. in, in the general flow of the game. Yes, yes. Uh, but no, just so calm on the ball. Uh, never looked flustered whatsoever. If he needed to take an extra touch or go backwards, he did. He never made the wrong decision. He quite often found Cochrane or McGill. Uh, and if they weren't there to be found, he was fucking telling them to come and be found. <laughs> so you know, it, it's it's great to see that we, we've got a left back slash you know centre half um, that can come in and, and just naturally slot into any sort of formation that we want to play um, he was great I'm really really happy with him great and one final dip in the analysis oh god I would, I would contend we're triple dipping <laughs> I would contend and I would enjoin the, the listeners to, to write in if they agree or disagree I think this might be the ugliest starting 11 that Hearts <laughs> have fielded in a long long time there's not a huge amount of lookers uh, in that starting lineup, Stephen Kingsley and Peter Haring, uh, you know, handsome men, I would say. No, well, Haring not conventionally handsome, not but conventionally. carries himself. Yeah, uh huh. Kingsley, Kingsley is a he's a solid seven. He's doing what he can with what he's got. <laughs> yeah, but well, he's not a Craig Gordon. That's what we're saying. Who the fuck is? Well, Craig Gordon. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Who else? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, look, look we don't, we don't want to kick these guys with the down, but. <laughs> But Whiten, yeah. White, yeah. Brandon, yeah. Eddie White looks like a pigeon. <laughs> the, he, he <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't top that. Go, go, go for it. He looks, he looks like a very wet and upset pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> um, Henderson's not a bonny laddie. No, not massively. No. Lewis Moore isn't a bonny laddie. No. I'm sure they're all really funny. Stuart, not necessarily. Ugly, but but an odd man, oh, an that, odd looking man. That neck tattoo, man. Oh, oh, Ooh, no, that was poor a, decision. That was a bad choice. Yeah, that's what spending a year in Livingston does to you. <laughs> well, yeah. You can confirm. <laughs> I, I can confirm, and I will confirm, and I am confirming. Yeah. 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 That's a, a real, a real, uh, you know, a real cross in a day of ticks. I would say. Mm. Well, but when Popescu came on, it just it, it lifted me so much just to see it. it was I, like... I walked past him in Glasgow the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, Mihai Popescu, and he blocked out the sun. The boy's fucking massive. Hulking. Mm. Huge. Bad dress sense, but we'll... Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, he, wore, he wore trousers that looked like... You remember in like the sort of 90s, you had trousers that then zipped off to be three-quarter length trousers? Oh, oh. It, look, it wasn't them, but it really... It really looked like them. Uh, also, a denim jacket. It was a weird, weird little combo. But uh, you know, he was taking photos of George Square, so he's probably having fun. I mean, look, if we're moving on from you know just the genetic gifts that these players have, and uh-huh. uh, interesting decisions they made. Yeah. Jamie Walker's curtains, like that, that um, sends me to a place deep in my mind because when I went to high school, every single boy in the world had that haircut, uh-huh. and and to see it again. Made famous by Aaron Hickey again. He's gone for it. You know, Harry Cochran had it last year as well. Jamie Walker is going for more of a hairband thing. So he's he's wearing the hairband, which means his hair naturally flops. Um, he's going for a Jack Grealish, let's be honest. That's what he's doing. He's, he said, I like Jack Grealish. I want to look like Jack Grealish. And now he's doing it. And fair play to him for trying. For trying. For trying. For trying. 
But that is that is not enough to get Jamie Walker the man in the match plaudits. <laughs> no, no, most certainly not. Um, it can there can be only one. It has to be the bald man himself. I can't believe it's happening the second podcast into the season. <laughs> I can't. It was Rage Rovers and Memory Cup. If ever there was a time. <laughs> About to receive the songs. Welcome, Craig Whiten. Uh, who started last? Did I? I? I went first last week, so it's your turn. It's my turn. Okay, I'm a, char- I'm a charitable guy. It's my turn to. Step up. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Good. Good lord. <laughs> got a hat trick. 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 And Craig he blew the race away. It's one on time. <laughs> it's one on time. What? 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 on time. Let me tell you, let me tell you, Craigie did quite well for Dundee. He's such a bold sensation. He's scoring for the Jatties, for for the Jatties. It's wide on time. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Oh. That is, I mean, we need to start filming these podcasts so people can see <laughs> the range of faces that you have when you sing. It's incredible. You know, when you go for those high notes, you you, you reach for them. You reach for the stars and you bloody well find them. Oh, I, I mean, I will point out to everyone, it's 11pm and I live in a flat, so I, I wasn't quite, <laughs> I wasn't quite given it. As full a welly that we might have if we'd just been, I don't know, standing at a beach. I thought you were actually <laughs> going to grab the microphone at one stage <laughs> and just absolutely fire into it. Completely romance it. That was magnificent, Nickel. Um, well, I'm sure you're about to blow me away. I don't know, I think that one might be better, but you know, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you and the listeners decide about that one. Ball Craig Wyden, you're scoring hat-tricks with them style. Craig Wyden, ball Craig Wyden, ball Craig Wyden, you're making all of Gorgie smile. Craig Wyden, ball Craig Wyden, you are supreme. Ah uh, ah, uh, you skinhead dream. Ah uh, ah, uh, it's Craig Wyden. That's splendid. Very very well done. Very well done. Thank you. Thanks. I think I think that's closer than you think. I would still say yours is much better this week. Well, then I will accept that. Yeah, thank 100%. you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Listeners? What on time? <laughs> That's the one. That's what I did. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, <laughs> not that he's ever turned into Terrace Chance anyway, but like the we can't we can't implore people to try and sing it at the games because sing it to your families. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Craig Whiten's house and sing it through his letterbox. Go and get your dog. <laughs> Um, great. Well, thank you once again for joining me, Robert. For joining us, listeners, for uh, another episode of We Have No Cares. Uh, I guess we'll be back at some point soon after we've definitely watched another game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. no. You know what we've forgotten? Oh, the beef. The beef report. Yes. Have you got any prepared beef? Because we forgot to prepare it. I mean, <laughs> let's think about this. It's Dundee Football Club. How could you not <laughs> have could... stuff prepared? What an absolute disgrace of an organisation they are. In what way? Please elucidate. Well, do, do you not remember the summer? Do you not remember their flip-flop on the whole voting debacle? Oh, oh the God. email. Oh, no, we sent another email saying, don't don't listen to the email that we sent. Sorry, that one was sent in error because we hadn't actually spoken to each other. Fuck off. That vote? Oh, you didn't take that vote. That no. was a God. No. That vote was a... Oh, that was a jeep. That was a joke. It was... <laughs> a, and my son sent it, actually. Uh, I thought I was voting in the X Factor. That's what I thought I was doing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, what an absolute uh, an absolute shambles of a club that have basically been a basket case since I've been alive. Um, they've just gone from shambles to to next shambles, and you know. But, but they, they used to be a fun basket case. They used to be the type of basket case that would sign ex Argentina internationals and current Georgian internationals. Yeah, and bankrupt themselves and go into administration from it. I mean, that was the fun Dundee. That was fun D. Now we're just dealing with the boring old John Nelms ran. Oh, I'm not too sure about that. Let's send a few WhatsApp messages to each other. Absolute bunch of arseholes, and I hope that we absolutely destroy them. They don't even James have... McPake is their manager. Ooh. Jordan McGee is their captain. Ooh. Jack Hamilton's their goalkeeper. Hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> ah, no, they're not that bad. <laughs> what a great bunch of lads. They're an alright bunch of guys. Yeah, they're, they're not even... They're, they're too cowardly to continue to have Kyle Benedictus playing <laughs> for them. <laughs> for years, they've been too cowardly to just give him another chance. Oh really, uh, has it been that long? It's been a long time since Kyle Benedictus was a Dundee player. That's that's the type of knowledge that I bring about the rest of the Scottish League. <laughs> Absolute cowards for getting rid of Gavin Ray. <laughs> How on earth is he not still there? Um, no, I I think you know the, I mean the the beef train has got a few stops uh, this season. We we just departed from one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, with... it's a shame we didn't get to do the beef report on on Wraith because that's... it would have been it would have been meaty. But we've the, they're too it's irrelevant. A long season. They're too irrelevant to be honest with you. They're small fry. Okay. Now we're talking about the big dogs. <laughs> Only kidding. <laughs> well, on that note, I think that's the perfect place to leave it. Thank you, Robert. That's all right. Thanks, Nickel. If people wanted to find you on the internet, where would they go? Uh, I mean, if you really, if you just type in Robert Borthwick to most search engines, I'll probably be the first one that comes up. But it's at RF Borthwick on Twitter if you want to find me. Don't add me on Facebook. That's weird. Uh, I mean, similarly... Actually, no, I'd do it. I, I, never, I never use Facebook. I'll just accept you. <laughs> similarly, there are not a lot of Nickel Hayes in the world. Really? So, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow you away with that one. Oh wow! But yeah. Okay. Uh, but if you, if you went to Twitter and found Nickel Hay, you could see me uh, mostly tweeting about uh, robots that turn into cars. Yeah, mostly. yeah. I mean that's that's kind of your your meat and drink, isn't it? If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do that as well. A few followers away from a thousand. Uh, it's just Robert Borthwick. It's my full name. Well, that sounds easy and the sort of thing that we should all do. All of us who definitely use Instagram because we're young enough to be cool and using Instagram. Steve What's Crawford. your Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Crawford. That's my Instagram. Steve Crawford. And a Steve Crawford to you too. Ah, oh, yes, indeed. It's fun time. Fun time. Fun time. Gute Flanke von Hemmel. Achtung, die Schotten im Strafraum. Den 2-1 für. Was für ein Weihnachtsgeschenk. It was uh, difficult. What's difficult? We've just got to beat them again, don't we? Yeah. I